Hey everybody, welcome to our first family conversation here in the garage. I'm excited about this. I, we've been talking about it for a while now, about trying to get uh, some of our family members in here to have a discussion about what discipleship looks like these days in these strange days. And so first up, we've got Nate Lim here, Dr. Nate Lim. Maybe you can tell us about yourself for those that you... Dr. Nate Lim. Yeah, for those that don't know you, it's... <laughs> uh, I'm Nate. Hi. Um, I've been going to ENV for quite a long time, um, back when it was called The River. Um, I heard I heard about it uh, through my good friend Sam, who I went to youth group with, and when uh, Greg started the church in 2000 is when I joined. I thought it was 2001. That's Sorry. the worst joke. inside joke for the Christmas banquet, folks. That's the worst. <laughs> no, December of 2000 was the official launch, um, and I've been going to the church ever since. So, uh, and now uh, I'm an elder, I guess. That's something that uh, Greg asked me to be. Um, I definitely don't go around feeling like an elder. <laughs> well, you're, you're starting means. to look like one more and more. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was a slow pitch. Well, my forehead's receding, but clearly... <laughs> you all, I would kill for your hairline, Nate. You've beat me to that punch. <laughs> <laughs> this is going well. All right, well, so, not, so as not to belabor the point here... Um, I would love to just ask you a few questions about the what you wrote for our weekly email. For sure. Um, and, uh, you know, some people prefer the movie over the book. So that's why we're doing these. And right. basically the heart behind this, guys, is we want to make sure that the the nuggets that are in people's hearts and souls over this time don't mm -hmm. get missed. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of you that aren't readers mm -hmm. and just want to hear people really pour their hearts out, there's just too much to be learned and gleaned from those in our community. And I think something our church deeply cares about is the fact that we're a people movement, which mm -hmm. means that nobody gets left behind and everything that people are learning is just, it's all important. And I think one of the main jobs is the centralized church, whatever that means, is to make sure that those stories get heard and told and right. how people are following Jesus gets, gets magnified because there's just so much to glean. And so I loved what you wrote and uh, you talked about fruitfulness. And so um, uh, my question just to kick you off is what has, your been, what has been your experience as a Christian with the word fruitfulness? Yeah, the word fruitfulness. I've just been thinking about the idea of disciple, uh, like discipleship. And the idea of fruitfulness is always a challenging topic for me. I think because I feel a tremendous amount of pressure. Mm. And, uh, you know, in my everyday life, you know, I like one of my like uh, strengths and strength finders, achiever. Mm. And so every day I have to have like boxes you know, that I can tick off. Like, did I make pizza today? Or is the lawn nicely edged? Or you, you know, have a great lawn. How many patients did I see at the hospital today? A good day. It's like lots of patients, lawn cut, good meals made, children managed, you know, efficiency, work harder, do it right. These are, these are words that I say to myself all the time that mm -hmm. I measure myself by. Yeah. But that doesn't really work in no. the whole idea of fruitfulness. It's like, you know, it seems incongruous. Yeah. You know, fruitfulness and then working hard and efficiency and get it done. It, it doesn't really uh, seem to go together. Right. So then I can imagine when you hear words like leadership development or disciples who make disciples or uh, viral, exponential, uh, all that kind of stuff, movement, all of these things. Mm -hmm. How do you... How do you hear those things with your propensity to want to make it about box ticking? What do you do? Like, what does your heart do? How does it, does it, does it have a wrestle with that? Does that cause anxiety in your heart? Like, how does, what's the ditch of that? We'll talk about how to get out of it, but I am curious for the sake of those who maybe resonate with you. What yeah. is the ditch like? I mean, 
like as a box ticker, you know, I, I'm, I'm like making disciples that make disciples like, oh, <laughs> and like, you know, <laughs> see the, all these things that we're supposed to do, leadership development, how many leaders have I developed? Right. Um, so I feel like I haven't really succeeded at those things. Right. So then the question is, you know, does that mean that I'm unfruitful? Right. Um, and so then we talk about these concepts and we talk about discipleship and, uh, and despite our best efforts, it seems often that there's nothing measurable, um, or it's, it's very hard to, to like see the, the fruit in your own life of the things that you do. So yeah, to answer your question, like leadership and development and making disciples, it seems like a very intimidating, um, concept. Could it, would it feel like, does it feel like sometimes it feels like condemnation and more to do? Absolutely. Mm. And mm. Jesus commands us to do it. Well, there's the rub, right? <laughs> so, you know, and every time I think of the idea of, of fruitfulness, um, I, I remember a talk that I went to at a conference 25 years ago. I, I, I didn't do anything 25 years ago because I'm only 25. So really, I was a baby then. But 25 years ago, <laughs> an incredible I, went memory. A, uh, <laughs> I went to a conference and there was a guy named David Ruiz and he, uh, he gave this hilarious example and he was standing on stage and I'll never forget that moment. He just was like, can you imagine a tree doing this? Little fruit? Little fruit. <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest analogy. Like, how do trees bear fruit? Yeah. Um, do they get all red in the face? Do they work really hard? And Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Mm. And if you remain in me as I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. And uh, to me, um, the question of fruitfulness is so hard to measure. And I'm tempted to add effort and to add uh, like work harder and do better. Um, and then when I feel unfruitful, it must be because I'm not doing it right or not doing it well enough. Mm. But that can't be the gospel. Right. That can't be the story that we preach. You're not doing well enough because you're not trying hard enough because you're not doing it right enough. Mm. That can't be the gospel. No. That can't be our message. Yeah. Well, what I think about when you're, when you're saying this is the idea that, you know, the last thing Jesus says is go and make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. That's a command. Very easy to misread that as uh, something we have to accomplish yeah. or else we're For not sure. loved or, sure. or we're failing somehow. Uh, sure. But I, the part that we maybe don't mention as often is, and surely I'll be with you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there's this, Jesus has this beautiful way of not being afraid of giving us concrete things to do. Right. Uh, while still coupling it with the idea that it's, it's actually about our intimacy with him. So I think a vine is a perfect metaphor. So then how does this, uh, the question that, that I think that uh, we're all sort of asking these days is, um, is what does discipleship look like at an individual level? I think about this, these crazy times with COVID and quarantine and some of the things that we are, you know, some of the autopilot things. It's like we go to church every Sunday and we go to our dinners once a month and mm -hmm. we show up to our smoker. And, you know, there's kind of this rote autopilot that kind of sets in almost accidentally, even though I think people could probably re yeah. re regurgitate our mission statement as a church. You know, if we ask them to, it's like, let's multiply sure. disciples. Like everyone knows that. And then there's this autopilot that sets in. And I think we're all, mm -hmm. we're all asking ourselves this question. 
Um, how do we make disciples at a deeply personal level that we're all called to do because Jesus has asked us to, but um, not have that become the ditch that you're talking about. It's like more to do. It's actually about an invitation into an intimacy with Jesus. You know, and it's so hard to miss that. Uh, the Great Commission is hard to miss. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hard to hear what I think you're really trying to say. So how have you worked this out? Like what does discipleship look like for you without falling into either one of these ditches of it's just about being with Jesus and, uh, you know, receiving, or it's just about giving and I have to earn something. Like how, how do you make disciples in the tension of that? Yeah, it's easy to vacillate. Like on one right. side, it's like, you know, work harder, do better. And on the other side, it's like, I'm a failure. So then I'm just going to give up. And the, it's not even attention of those two things. You know, according to the passage in John 15, Jesus says, remain in me. Mm. Um, and you will bear much fruit. And then he goes on to say, I've chosen you and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Right. And that's super encouraging to me that he's already chosen me. He's already appointed me. In the end, I think that the more connected we are with Jesus, um, we're bound to make fruit. That just has to be true. And I think about, you know, when I'm spending time with God, when I'm pausing to hear his voice, it's in those moments that I remember like all the people that I love. Mm. Yeah, I really do love this person. I really do care about so-and-so. Oh, I just, I wish that so-and-so could hear the truth about themselves. And then I find that the more time I spend with Jesus, the Mm. more my heart becomes like his heart. Mm. And then that causes me to want to call those people. It causes me to want to pray for those people. It causes me to want to reach out to those people and um, have those, you know, conversations that would, potentially be uncomfortable. Could I sum it up? Correct me if I'm wrong, is that uh, you feel as though how we mitigate either ditch is we ask the Holy Spirit to transform motivation, like our motivations, like give me your heart. Like, could that, could that be a way of addressing it? Where it's like, I, I, yeah. what you, what you're describing is, um, is a, is an, is an overflow of the, of the centrality of Jesus in your heart and then that transforms everything about you. I think of the verse that uh, Paul writes where he says, you know, we are all being transformed in his, into his likeness right. with ever increasing glory. Which is discipleship, I would argue. It's the goal of it. Yeah. And so then the more that I feel, ugh, I shouldn't say feel transformed into his likeness. I never feel transformed into his likeness. Yeah. If I'm honest, it's slow. Yeah. But the more I try to find God's heart, the more, um, motivated, compassionate I am to reach out to people. And I hope that's always the motive behind discipleship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not like a metric, Mm -hmm. you know, how many disciples have you made? And are those disciples making disciples? No, man. Like how many people have you loved who then have caught the heart of Jesus, who then go on to love other people? Mm who then catch the heart of Jesus, who then go on to love other people. And yeah. like, that's a movement right there. It is. And, you know, plants do it naturally, you yeah. know, like a grapevine grows and then it remains rooted. And as it remains rooted, it grows. It's just what it does. Right. And, um, I hope that for all of us, you know, with COVID and all this other weird stuff and zoom calls and all these like things that we feel like we need to accomplish. I hope that, um, what isn't lost 
is that the goal of our church isn't to tick boxes. It's not to accomplish a list of tasks. Mm -hmm. It's to become like Jesus and to have his heart. And if we become like him and have his heart, we can't help but loving other people yeah. and teaching them about his love. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's the hope, man. That's so good. If so, if you were to give, you know, the people of our church an encouragement, if you were to kind of sum it up and say, if you were to, you know, if you had all their ears, which maybe you do, I don't know how many people are watching, but if you had all their ears, yeah. what would you, how would you encourage them in this time? You can put your elder hat on if you want. <laughs> God has chosen you and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit mm. that will last. That's not something that you have to go and do. You don't have to accomplish it. You don't have to make it happen. It's something that he wants to do in you and through you. Mm. And he wants to produce fruit in you because you are rooted in him. Mm. And what comes first is your intimacy with him. And a natural byproduct of being rooted in the vine is you will produce fruit. So don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself here too. Okay. People, cause I'm always preaching to myself. Like whenever I, you know, say these things, it's like, no, I got to hear that for myself too. I, I can't worry about it. Um, because I can't make a disciple. Mm. It's Christ that makes a disciple. I hope he uses me. Mm. Okay. Final question. Mm. Uh, what, uh, how does being part of this spiritual family help you with that? Oh yeah. It's so easy. I mean, I am such a small piece of the puzzle mm. and, uh, I need so many other pieces. <laughs> I need my wife. <laughs> Most of all, God knows you need your wife. Oh, I know. But I need Ryan Lee. I need Devin. I need Victor. I need all the people in my community mm. and they have pieces that I don't have. And that's why we're the body of Christ. And, um, I can't do this alone. Right. And there's no hope for that. So I require a spiritual family, uh, not just to make disciples, but to be whole. Yeah. Um, because I'm not complete in and of myself. And uh, I require a family yeah. Yeah. to be whole. Yeah. And not just to go and do things, but to be right. Because right. that's the way that God made us. Yeah. You know, he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. It's not good for the woman to be alone. We need community. You know, mm -hmm. We need family. So good. Yeah. Well, as somebody who carries weight in our church and leads a community and leads a D group mm -hmm. and cares about people actively, um, I'd love to just pray for you. Mm, and you. Uh, as a, uh, uh, both for you and as mm. just re representative of all mm -hmm. those who are very intentional in what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just, there's a lot of people in our church who are being extremely intentional mm -hmm. about this theology. I think you're just talking about theology and there's a, there's an intention. Yeah, it's true. So there's an intentionality though, on behalf of so many that I'm so proud of. And so mm -hmm. I'd love to just pray for you and pray for them at the same time. I'm not going to touch you for obvious reasons, but, uh, cause you're a doctor and <laughs> it's a little dangerous, I guess, but, uh, uh, let me pray for you. Um, Lord, thank you for Nate and for, his, uh, his stature and his Christ likeness. And I thank you for the fruit that he has in our church. I thank you that it's not as a result of his effort, but it is really is, um, as a result of his love for you and that he truly does abide in you. And I thank you that, um, his fruit is, 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 is a direct correlation of his intimacy with you. So father, I pray that you would teach us as a church how to have our fruitfulness be as a result of our intimacy with you and knowing you and our deep love for you. And thank you for the model that Nate is in that. And I pray that he would have much impact 
uh, in his community and in our church uh, because of his passion for you, not necessarily because of his uh, execution, mm. uh, not necessarily because of his uh, excellence, although those things are beautiful gifts that you use all the time, but it would primarily be because uh, he's a man after God's heart. And would, uh, would your church be known for that primarily? Mm. Not, not, our, not our clarity, not our programs, not our, not our cute things that we mm. developed to, to, to build structures and things like that. But what we, what we'd be known for is a, is a people who have been with you. And thank you for Nate's example in that. And we pray for more and more of that in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, bro. Yeah, thanks for coming to the garage. Air high five. Air high five. Bang. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys on Sunday.